Welcome to The Bridge. Fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Welcome to The Bridge. We are a show which connects East and West. My name is Jason. I'm originally from sunny California, now living in beautiful Beijing. Today with me is Bebe. Yay! Hi, Jason. You know, I don't mind connecting the North and South either, besides the West and East. <laughs> oh, that's right? a good we idea. <laughs> it is Earth Day, International Earth Day, April 22nd, 2023. And we're going to take a look at this most important annual reminder and how it's observed around the world. We're going to take a look at how Earth Day and environmentalists are being enjoyed and shared, and the cause advanced in a couple dozen different countries around the world. Mm. It's not just a day, it's a shared future we will all inherit together. Before we get started, we I just want to really mention really fast, very brief history of Earth Day, which comes from the United States after a catastrophic oil spill, a book hmm. that was written, and uh, a man in Silent 19... Spring? That's right. And a man in 1970 hmm. who founded the concept of Earth Day, which has now become a global phenomenon, but it's not limited to the United States. But we're going to start in my home country, the United States, by talking a little bit about some of the Earth Day festivities. I'm not sure if that's the right word observations so you're going to start from the states i'm going to like you know uh add in more material about other countries absolutely but you can start with the united states go ahead jason uh, according to earthday.org washington dc uh is going to celebrate and governments around the world enacted many significant green policy initiatives in 2022 but it's going to be celebrated in washington dc it's also going to be celebrated in the cape coral cleanup of cape coral Florida. So there's going to be a coral cleanup where people are going to come out and clean up 5,000 volunteers expected to participate. And it's going to be the biggest cleanup their city has ever seen in honor of Earth Day 2023. I actually went online and looked up pictures for Cape Coral. Mm. So it's a city in Florida and it's known for its aquatic preserves. Mm. What's aquatic preserve? I that guess means uh, special places nature? you can't fish in. You can't necessarily uh, take boat. You can't take a boat out there. You, it's like protected uh, area. Humans aren't allowed to go into it at all, except like scientists, uh, you know. OK, I see. OK. And they are known for their mangrove tunnels and kayaking recreational opportunities. And the pictures mm -hmm. look beautiful. Mm -hmm. This would be a nice place to be. So 5000 volunteers. Mm -hmm. mm, impressive. Yeah. Well, you know, right, have you ever been to the beach? It, sometimes you need 5000 volunteers to clean it up. OK, uh, yeah. this is in Santa Monica, California. So I've been there a lot of times. I'm, I'm from California, as I mentioned earlier. They are having a mm -hmm. Heal the Bay as an environmental nonprofit dedicated to making coastal waters and watersheds of greater Los Angeles area safe since 1985. And on April 22nd, mm. Heal the Bay is hosting their Earth Day Jubilee on the Santa Monica Pier as they celebrate the beauty of our oceans. I'm happy reading this. I'm just hoping that, you know, for all these celebrations, there won't be like loads of paper cups or plastic mm. cups left over mm. by the people who go to celebrate. Well, hopefully but I, they, I guess they've they know the purpose. That. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Bring yeah. your own water bottle, which I think That's is right. actually yeah. becoming more popular in the States, too, especially for people who are into like sports. Mm. You know, they seem to bring their own bottle. Well, it um, looks like they said they have short films and mini dance parties. So that doesn't look like they're just going to be like walking around with slushies drinking. and plastic cups and stuff. <laughs> Let's hope not. All right. It also has craft stations. So maybe bring your trash with you from home and they'll help you turn your trash into something cool. Bring my trash from home. Hey, have you ever you worked? 
stopped in a kindergarten, you that's what you do. You bring in your toilet paper tubes and like you know, oh, your oh. used cups that are plastic and you turn them into like little like, you know, creative, cool things. Well, I hope they're not contaminated or like uh, expired <laughs> macaroni noodles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, like right. That. Exactly. Boston is having in love and rage at City Hall oh. Plaza. So uh, they're going to have the family family party encourages activists to come dressed as their favorite endangered species and or carry one of the animal puppets provided with them. Dressed as an endangered species? Yeah. Oh, what would you go as? I don't know. <laughs> I only have one costume in it. I don't think it's a real animal. A dinosaur? <laughs> no, I have a... a chi- I guess it's a chinchilla. It's from that Japanese movie, uh, Spirited Away, you know? Ah, uh, The Totoro. Okay. Totoro. I have a Totoro costume. Oh! Well, but, it is a real animal. But a chinchilla is not. I don't think they're endangered. Number four, Washington, <laughs> uh, D.C., end of an era of fossil fuels, Freedom Plaza. So there's just hmm. a ton of them. You do want to go internationally. So last one, last one. Pledge to our cakey dive across every island in Hawaii. So 700 divers wow. are expected to participate across the Hawaiian islands in uh, dives for more than 400 nonprofits with 800 events. 20,000 volunteers will be active to draw attention to what drives global pollution and to call out the mm. system causing massive amounts of waste. Okay, I'm done with America. But that well, one sounds oh, awesome. Breathe. That sounds awesome, I, doesn't it? It does. Um, I don't know how to dive, but it sounds fantastic. <laughs> the word that caught my attention is actually waste. Because mm. I think we have not devoted enough time talking mm. about waste. Mm. I mean, we did a few shows and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it was part of the program. But I think we can do a lot more. And a lot of other people, too. You know, it can, we need to study more about how how much waste we produce and mm-hmm. how we can treat waste and to be to make people become more aware of how big a problem it is mm. i mean like um last time you talked about this uh we talked about the fashion industry and its impact mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. the environment yeah that was very uh enlightening for me because mm-hmm. i never associated those two things together um and i think maybe the fashion industry will come up today too oh yeah You're listening to The Bridge. So, can I go international now? Please do. All right. Earth Day around the world. The first one on my list is in India. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of um, the Dal Lake? D-A-L? I haven't. I haven't. Yeah, right. So, they have this uh, heaven on earth cleanup. Mm. Um, as part of the, let's call it, it's for Earth Day 2023. Mm-hmm. And it's up in the Himalayas Ooh. in a beautiful state of Jammu and Kashmir. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm saying it, which often I think is often referred to as heaven on earth. Mm. And it's major town called Srinagar. I think you got it. <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, sorry. Has a special attraction for tourists and that it's iconic Dal Lake. It's dotted with over like a thousand houseboats, not just boats, but like houseboats. Mm-hmm. And I looked up pictures that are like colorful, like a lot of um, other images I've seen about India, like lots of bright colors. Mm. So these boats, they also serve as their residence. Like they actually live on the boats wow. and they go to school on the boats and they are like the markets. 
Have you been to like these water town markets? In China. I, I've been to one in China. Yeah, it's it's fun. Like I the one I've been to um, was in Thailand. Mm -hmm. So you are like I, I was on uh, land, but the, all these boats carrying like fresh fruit and all the other things I you know couldn't even recognize. Um, and they're just like their booths, <laughs> and they just pedal these uh, boats along along the river, um, which was a market in itself. It was mm. a lot of fun. So this place, Dal Lake, and you can buy items from like local craft. Mm -hmm. embroidered with local jewels and things um things made out of a uh, walnut wood maybe that's mm -hmm. one specialty local specialty so for for years earth day india has helped clean up this major tourist attraction and for this year a final cleanup and a special ceremony will take place uh, what do you mean a final um, cleanup they're not going to clean after this yeah i'm like i don't know like they're or gonna be so maybe, thorough yeah they, they, maybe they just don't allow people to bring trash there anymore or they have really great waste facilities eat your trash <laughs> you can't uh -oh. dump it here <laughs> uh -oh. <laughs> well, just carry less right the the way to decrease the amount of waste is just to consume a little less so you don't waste it so they're gonna declare this area as the earth day star village you mm. know for their dedication to being uh, the stewards of the earth or That's protecting the earth well that's fantastic so if you're interested you can you know they have a website facebook.com slash earth day network india mm. yeah sounds interesting well, have you ever been to india i have not but i want to go there's so many different parts of uh, india i want to go to so mm. it's challenging for me to decide where to go it's just one of those huge places that just has an enormous amount of interest but let's so move Jason on spent 20 years studying the map of india before he actually half of the provinces in in india actually i i it's a very um, fascinating place but, i have friends who've been to like southern parts of india and they say mm -hmm. it's beautiful yeah, yeah. actually okay I, I, i'm Whereas I'm interested in Kerala, which is in the south, but primarily my interests lie in the north. But Italy is another place mm. that starts with I. And there's a village for the earth in the green heart of Rome. And so uh, they're going to, known for the most iconic of all Italian Day Earth Day celebrations, Village for the Earth consists of 600 events in collaboration with more than 200 organizations over the course of April 21st to 25th. Now, Earth Day is actually oh the 22nd. Gosh. These unforgettable five days hold ample opportunities to indulge in entertainment, culture, sport, environment with a full schedule of celebrations, institutional meetings, forums, shows, and a village dedicated to children with playful and educational workshops. Jason, why do I get a little scared listening to this? Because I see a lot of paper cups, plastic cups, plastic straws. This is put hopefully, on by Earth hopefully, Day Italia. Well, hopefully I'm going to be able to like see pictures or videos of how they do it. Hmm. Because 600 events, just the amount of brochures they will, you know, end up using or other, I don't know, garbage cans, garbage bags. <laughs> maybe I'm thinking too much. Maybe um, they've prepared like maybe it's based on something like biodegradable materials, you know, so okay. paper cups. Sure. But paper, you know, probably what is that a year or two to degrade? Just use this one cup for the five day event. Bring bring for those okay. of you. I think what baby is really trying to say is bring your own re reusable water bottle with you yeah. for the event wherever you go use the same bottle you know i can see myself as that bunny from zootopia you know i'll be like standing at the gate of this whole event and checking everyone's hand and bags for like Do you paper have a gloves <laughs> Do you have a water bottle you is can't it come plastic? is home. it plastic <laughs> i know i'll be so annoying <laughs> oh.
You're listening to the bridge. All right. Next destination. We'll stay in Europe. This time we'll go to UK. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let's see. With the support of more than 70 organizations, including EarthDay.org, the Extinction Rebellion. Wow, what a name. Mm. So the Extinction Rebellion has organized the largest environmental protest of Ooh. 2023. Uh, starting on the streets of London, 100,000 individuals, wow, are expected wow. to march side by side to fight for Parliament to act against uh, the climate crisis. Mm. So they're taking a different approach. Mm -hmm. Instead of like, you know, having... direct. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> celebrating, singing with culture and entertainment, they're just going to take to the street. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, hopefully they'll be uh, more effective and no paper cups, no plastic cups left on the street, please. Well, apparently they're also going to be having a marathon on Sunday, the 23rd. So that's the day after. So it starts by protesting and then they pick up speed and start running. <laughs> <laughs> OK, yeah. that kind of makes sense. Let's switch right, gears then... to Zimbabwe. Wow. Sounds yeah. interesting. So Is that one of your future destinations? I would love to go to Zimbabwe. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Mm. I want to go everywhere don't you baby uh we've been talking for over a year now jason you have that answer <laughs> i know I that you like staying chair. in your home but come on all right <laughs> i like staying in my chair to be more specific <laughs> all right so this was commemorated apparently last year and the first ever uh commemoration 2022 earth day uh africa, africa will host the second annual earth day fiesta on april 22nd to celebrate earth day and share the african climate story so they're going to have a historic fun day together in Zimbabwe and host a full day of traditional African music, foods, arts, and collectively advocate for environment and climate action. You can find more about it at earthday.org forward slash Africa. Wait, Earth Day Fiesta. So fiesta. What's, mm. what, what's the word that means like like a nap? At noon, that's siesta. That's siesta. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Sorry, siesta means I was like, like dancing. You know, oh, uh, okay, that's a little, a little different. You rock back and because forth fast. I, when I when I saw this, I was thinking of siesta. I was like, huh, what kind of celebration? Like everybody just take a nap together <laughs> <laughs> like at noon. Okay, sorry, my bad. Mm -mm. So invest in our planet. This sounds you know uh, fascinating yeah. and um, and also i want to say that for a lot of uh, countries in africa they are already doing a lot you know preserving the environment yeah, and yeah. You, i've seen uh, documentaries about i mean on different topics about africa and they consume so much less you know unrecyclable stuff mm -hmm. you know they use a lot more uh, plastic or other things. If you know, if somebody had like a plastic bag or bottle, they'll use it for for years until it's like not you know usable anymore in like rural villages. So something we can totally learn from. Mm. And uh, let's see, I'm gonna find something else. Mm -hmm. Why don't we head to Malaysia? They're doing a lot of interesting Malaysia. things. Wow. Yeah, here. The Datai Langkawi. Have mm -hmm. you ever heard of it? No, I haven't. <laughs> I've been to Malaysia, but we just went to one island, Penang. Penang. Okay. Well, so this is a resort. I'm probably not saying it right. Datai Langkawi is a resort in Malaysia's northwest with a private beach and 28 hectares of rainforest and a spa. Well, it sounds like a huge place with only one spa. <laughs> Maybe there would be a long line <laughs> outside. 
And in 2019, um, it founded a private trust for its conservation and sustainability work, mm. where it does community outreach projects uh, like waste cutting efforts and projects to support the local flora and fauna, mm -hmm. right? plants and animals. It's a resort and for environment. It's an, an environmentalism resort. That's kind of interesting. I Very unique take on things. But I think that's the direction to go. I mean, you want your resort to be beautiful, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. You don't want your resort to be filled with garbage. But, uh, baby, and with the whole, I, I, right? I like the idea of gardening. I love the idea of planting trees. But I'm not sure when I go on vacation that my, you know, the first thing that pops into my head is like, okay, it's now it's time to go take care of the estate. Or Jason, our first <laughs> guest Sorry, of the Malaysia. day. Well, We'll be in charge of the northwest part of the beach and collect all the garbage. You know what? <laughs> Welcome to our baby. Resort. I found a can on your part of the beach. Oh, oh, oh okay. <laughs> I don't drink soda, so it must have been somebody else. But mm. it doesn't matter. I'm gonna pick it up and let's go recycle it. <laughs> and I'll even pour like Coke into my <laughs> regular water bottle. They have Fashion Revolution Week, mangrove oh, tree we planting, DIY beach. Uh, clean up and catch mm. a meteor shower uh, and oh, cool. a recycle attend the launch of Trashpedia on Saturday. So they have a ton of events around Earth Day in Malaysia. You just summed up like a lot of interesting stuff in 10 seconds. Well, you could you could the jump back. Which one sounds details. fun to you? Which one? Which detail sounds uh, fun? Well, I, I, I like I, mangrove I like tree planting. OK, I like tree, plant, tree planting. Oh, I I did. I looked it up. So mangrove trees, I read about this here and there all the time, but never really looked into it. So these are a group of trees mm -hmm. and shrubs that live in the coastal intertidal zone. Mm. And basically they have their roots in water. Mm -hmm. And all of these trees live in areas with low oxygen soil mm. where low where slow moving waters allow fine sediments to accumulate mm. and i think they have they're more powerful in absorbing carbon dioxide than regular oh, trees wow. i read that somewhere they will be planting so, 2000 sap saplings in Kuala oh. Selangor Nat nature park in Malaysia. Ooh. Okay, anyhow, so um they even have like on-site education programs mm -hmm. uh featuring like an ongoing basis including an outdoor classroom constructed from 8000 gla glass bottles and wow. over 600 pounds of recycled plastic. And also, this sounds interesting, beyond tree planting and coral education with resident naturalists and marine naturalists and marine biologists, guests are encouraged to attend upcycling workshops at the lab. Now, What's I upcycling? learned about upcycling. Yeah, can you tell me? You I'm, not, I'm not sure. You explained it to me last time. Oh, I That's that. like recycling your stuff. Like, uh, maybe you can take your, uh, the like, jeans and shirts or oh, bags right, you right, don't right, want right. anymore. And just, then you can make them. Isn't that reuse? Into... Because there's the three R's, yeah. reuse, recycle, and reduce. Which The first one is reduce, which is about waste. So just don't use as much. Then if you have to use hmm. something, turn it into something else, which is upcycling, reuse. And then finally, if you can't do either of those things, it's time to recycle it. Yeah, but but you know, upcycling workshops, that's that speaks about creativity. Mm -hmm. What can I do with this shirt I don't want to wear? You anymore? could bring your garbage. Were we talking about this earlier? <laughs> well, garbage, that just uh, it sounds smelly. Okay. Yeah, I know. Bring the non-smelly part of your <laughs> garbage uh, and create some like um interesting projects. I think kids will love it. 
kids are so filled with creativity and like interesting ideas mm. how do you make use of all these things i have buttons and bags and you know cloth and you will be amazed at what they can do with them here's a new term and we're still talking about this resort, yeah, yeah, okay? Yeah. They, okay. Have, uh, they are mm, promoting this idea of regenerative travel, which is the mindset of leaving a destination better than it was before arrival. Wow. And, you know, I, I think this is a great idea to promote. So instead of just thinking that I'm going to take a vacation, I'm, I'm going to consume, I'm going to just enjoy myself and have this new layer of thought to, you know, in your head regenerative travel so wow. when i leave this resort will be better than it was yesterday you know i like that idea yeah. in mountain climbing you know when you, my parents and i we used to go hiking and camping up mm. in the sierra nevadas we used to sh show up with our stuff we were going to eat and do stuff we had our own trash that we brought with us but we also in addition to packing our own trash away we would pack up additional trash that we found while we were there You're listening to The Bridge. This is South Africa, according to South Coast Herald, uh, Earth Day for Lions. And this doesn't actually mean Ooh. lions. It means the group, the lions, which is like the Rotary Club. So it's the Lions oh. Club, Ramsgate Lions Clubhouse in Glen Markey Drive, Ramsgate this Saturday. So that they're going to have their own Earth Day event. Environmental mm -hmm. organization, The Green Net, will talk about the power of plants to restore soil, water and biodiversity. And then they will mm -hmm. have a car boot sale you know i think earth as long as you're participating you're learning if it's a learning event a lot of these are based on like watching short films or learning about things mm. or teaching children i think learning about environmentalism is critical because you have you create more babies who are very in my oh. environmentally friendly who are not wasting as much and if we could you know spread that who to stay where she is a couple instead of creating carbon footprints <laughs> I'm going Sorry. to swim to Africa when I take my trip. <laughs> well, I will I will call the sharks along the way to leave you alone. <laughs> Stay where you are, sharks. Mm. That's a good guy. <laughs> All right. And I read somewhere else. This is uh, some other part in Africa where they are planting. Mm. Oh, this is in Kenya. Are you happy now? We're in Kenya. Kenya. Hello, yeah. Kenya. So <laughs> people know um, Kenya, I guess, you know, you think of the savannas, right? Mm. But the country actually has another remarkable habitat where the land meets the sea. And that's its dense mangrove forests. Mm. And um, it, says, it uh -oh. explains here that mangroves do a little of everything. Um, their branches house birds mm. and honeybees. And their tangled up networks of roots provide habitat for fiddler crabs. Save havens for young ocean-bound fish. Mm. So this will be like, well, like a nursery for fish that will one day go to the sea. Wow. Sounds fun, huh? And beneath the muddy surface, they protect shorelines from erosion and fight climate change by absorbing an astonishing amount of carbon, uh, five times more than trees on land. So mm. these are wow. all great reasons why we should protect them. So they're like and, uh, natural um, carbon catching machines. I think so. Yeah. So mangroves take root. Um, this is like a new project. Growing, growing trees in a mangrove restoration site in Kenya. Um, mangrove forests, they shelter young fish, as we mentioned, store carbon in the soil and defend coastlines from the impact of storms. They have this program called Mangroves Mothers and Microloans. 
So the fishing communities of Kenya's Lamu Archipelago, is that how you say it? Archipelago. Archipelago, like a group yeah, of islands. you got it. They've always relied on the mangrove forests to nurture healthy fish and crab populations. But heavy logging back in the 1990s took a heavy toll mm. on these habitats. And so to bring them back to health, to nurse them back to health, um, local partners and TNC, they established a program to empower women's associations to restore mangroves near their communities. So women in the program, they gain access to financial training and micro loans mm. that help them grow their economic independence. Mm -hmm. And it has been a boon for both people and nature. That's Fields fantastic. of mangroves win, win, win. are thriving. Yeah. And common food species of crab are bouncing back. So when Jason go to this part of Kenya, maybe you have a nice <laughs> meal of all kinds of crabs. Right? Crabs. Mm, more animals mm. to eat. Uh, Indonesia. <laughs> this is from Bird's Head Seascape, Indonesia. Uh, so th this is also home to the Komodo dragon, which so when I was a kid, everyone Komodo told me dragon. there's no dragons. I grew up and then I learned there are, in fact, real dragons, but they don't Ooh. breathe fire or fly. Oh, hang on. Sorry. Cord. Clips off. Okay, so you can head to Bird's Head Seascape, Indonesia, home to the three meter long Komodo dragon. You know about Komodo dragons, right? No, no. What, oh. what are they? They're like Komodo a really big dragon? lizard. That's so three meter long. They're gigantic lizards. But uh, what's really dangerous about them is inside of their mouth, they have an enormous amount of like um, bacteria, and it, just touching the inside of their mouth can be enough to cause you to get sick, infected, or and so forth. So you're just actually not supposed. They to... don't brush their teeth. They don't use. The... <laughs> yeah. They don't use mouthwash. Yeah, that's I've right. seen these in documentaries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. They're in a lot of movies, too, actually. So, you know, they're famous in movies and I've seen people carrying them around in movies. But what I know about them, don't even touch them. It could be potentially very catastrophic for your health. Wow. But, okay, I didn't know they were three meters long. Yeah, some of them. They're really, big, really, that's really big. Huge. And they hurt. They kill their prey just by gnawing on them a little bit. And then they let that run away mm -hmm. and they get infected and then and, and die. Oh, and then they geez. come and eat the dying Oh, anyways, so not, that's Wait, so not really how, about how are they related? It's nature. Yay, nature. So, nature. <laughs> uh, okay, so since 2004, TNC and our local partner, Yayasan Conservasi Alam Nusatara, have created a nice network try. of marine protected areas. So they are protecting their coastal habitats uh, from overfishing and uh, unsustainable coastal development. So that is what they are doing in Indonesia to protect the environment during wow. the Earth Day period. Are you ready to head to somewhere else in Africa? Let's go. I'm sure that you've never been there. Really? Uh, have you heard <laughs> of uh, Gabon? So it, it, it sits on the west coast of Africa. And I looked up pictures. It's beautiful. Um, and it sits like right across the equator. Mm. Um, and 88% of its land is covered in trees. Mm. So it's one of the most forested nations in the world. Now, when people think of Africa... We think of like the savanna, right? Or grassland mm -hmm. or places where it's really dry. But Africa is really big. Mm -hmm. You know, there are places along the coast, uh, for example, uh, Gabon or Gabon, it, where 80%, like near 90% of this land is covered with forest. Mm -hmm. So these vast forests, they're not only home to critically endangered species like um, lowland gorillas and forest elephants, they're also a climate powerhouse. <clears throat> 
um, soaking up and storing a huge amount of carbon dioxide, mm, mm, mm. Uh, equivalent to the emissions of 30 million cars each year. Wow. Um, so what they're doing is it, the country is emerging as a global conservation leader. Mm. And I'm really happy to read this mm. um, because this is like, you know, finally realizing that they have treasures, that nature, preserved nature is their treasure. Mm. So the country has pledged last year to protect 30% of its land, freshwater, and ocean territory through a large-scale conservation effort known as Project Finance for Permanence, or PFP. And it's a strategy that consolidates negotiating, planning, legal governance, and fundraising mm. for many partners under one umbrella and ensure that local communities are involved. But this is a project where the locals have to get involved. Um, and when complete, the project will create 24,000 square kilometers of new marine terrestrial and freshwater protected areas wow. and fund the improved management of thousands of square kilometers it's of in, forests. It's incredible that a developing country can have this much of an overwhelming impact on the global environment. Congratulations to people in Gabon. You're doing a yeah. fantastic job. And that's not the end yet. Um, the <laughs> extraordinary biodiversity that the country is investing in, um, you know, sustainable development and they're safeguarding their endangered species, mm. um, such as Western lowland gorillas, as I mentioned. I yeah. mean, these could be really good tourist resources. Absolutely. Maybe it hasn't been put on the spotlight too much as a, you know, destination for travel. But when Bebe goes can... there, she's going yeah. to make it world famous. One day. Or, you know, when pe more people post them on the social media, uh, this could be a starting point where it walks onto the you know, international stage as a beautiful uh, nature reserve country, right? Mm. And they have um, also their forest elephants um, in their national park. And um, as I mentioned, a lot of 80%, over 80% covered in rainforest. And also they're working at the same time, of course, to raise the living standards of their local citizens. Um, they're trying to sell their forest produce. So hopefully this can help them, you know, raise more money to preserve um, their natural habitat. So mm. another spotlight we can for people who want to travel to Africa, why not consider this? Oh, yeah. You're listening to The Bridge. Well, let's go to Europe again. Sure. This is Germany right in the middle. One of the more successful economies. Apparently not as successful this particular year, but we're hoping next year will uh, be better. They have a biodiversity hotspot inside major cities. So they're talking mm -hmm. about inside of Berlin's area, green space makes up one third. I'm actually really impressed with that because, you know, I've lived in a mm -hmm. lot of different cities and I don't think I've lived in a city where one third of a major city is made up by 2,500 parks and gardens, which are home to hundreds of wild bee species, not to mention boars. What? They have boars inside of Berlin. Eels. Eels. <laughs> I'm not going there. <laughs> White-tailed eagles, gray herons, and red foxes. You know, I can expect foxes and eels even, maybe. But boars? But maybe they just not have boars. Boars just running around in Berlin. <laughs> uh, I'm actually surprised they have... 2,500 parks and gardens. Well, I guess gardens can be smaller, right? Yeah, parks I guess so. Bigger. They have the new concept in Shanghai of the pocket park, which is like uh, any space that they have found that's even, you know, a tiny little p 
place mm. that was just not being used. They've just taken it over and turned it into like a tiny little park. You know, I, I love that idea because uh, I remember when I was traveling in Japan, uh, mm -hmm. especially the first time in, in Kyoto, mm -hmm. which is, uh, you know, a pretty quiet city, although it's um, uh, one of the most popular travel destinations. And what surprised me was it's like every time I turn a corner, there's like a tiny little garden or park mm, that mm. was like reserved for someone who needed a quiet moment. Ooh, wait, only and one person like, can go there. Well, it depends. Some are bigger, <laughs> some are smaller. But they are they had this quiet but exquisite feel presence to mm. them. And um, and I think, you know, in a metropolis like you know Tokyo or uh, Shanghai, a lot of people work under a lot of stress mm -hmm. and a pocket sized garden that you know, emerge at the right time at the right corner might even be able to save people from like insanity, you know, just about just when they've had enough. Uh, when they're so exhausted or feel like they're losing their minds because of all the projects they had to do. And they find this quiet little spot where they can just take in nature, you know, where they can just can breathe I, fresh air. Can I tell you the most bizarre story about humans and, and our, um, our, we are actually very fixed on nature. We're, we're geared and wired yeah. to nature in a really weird way. Is that bizarre? I was, That's not bizarre. I, I had a very close <laughs> friend. Uh, his name is Lee dong -gyu. He lives in a, South Korea. And he, mm. he likes to conduct experiments. One And some of them were involving painting public spaces and, and seeing how people react to different colors and stuff. And one painting of the things that public spaces, yeah, yeah, yeah. like on the wall, yeah, like the color, no, not like uh, murals, like just it's green or it's blue. How will people behave in that space? So he would do oh. experiments where he would film people behaving different ways in the same space that had been painted in different ways. But people were just mm. unknowing, you know, exper they were unknowingly being experimented on. So so hmm. one of the things he he did was he took trash receptacles and just left them in public exactly as normal with the concrete around them. And like people would walk around and some people would hmm. miss the trash or put the trash on top and so forth. Then hmm. he took a one foot space around the trash can and un and broke the concrete and planted grass for one foot mm -hmm. in every direction around the trash can. And then he filmed mm. that for several months and he noticed a dramatic statistical drop in the amount of people who were willing to throw their trash near the trash can. Everyone, almost everyone, in the instance in which it was surrounded by grass would put mm. them ensure that they were putting their trash inside of the oh. trash receptacle. So mm. he noticed that there were these kinds of trends in the way that you could modify urban environments and get people to right. automatically behave better yeah i think that makes a lot of sense i wouldn't want to throw trash on grass but you know uh concrete floors they're just uglier <laughs> <laughs> maybe <laughs> it, it hurts less to see garbage on concrete floor but i, I think that's a really interesting and as you uh, as we were saying um we shouldn't underestimate the power of tiny even just pocket gardens or mm. areas of green greenery and trees and maybe a little bit of water and a little bit of you know a fountain uh how they can help people stay safe and a nice sculpture maybe half naked <laughs> who knows <laughs> and as the climate changes because they're feeling the impact in europe 
uh, especially, you know, extreme heat mm. in the summer. Mm. And you know that a lot of places in Europe, surprisingly, they do not have air conditioning for their summer. It's usually heard this. not heard this, yeah. as hot or as cold. Um, but things are changing, right, as climate mm. changes. Mm -hmm. So these green spaces are becoming more important for people, as well as nature. Heat waves can be especially deadly in big cities, especially mm. for the elderly. And because pavement and buildings, they trap more heat than mm. natural lands. And also because a lot of the ground, is, uh, they're covered with cement. So mm -hmm. water doesn't really go through. And this is a problem in, in China, too, in Chinese cities. You know, mm. when there are huge uh, rainstorms where a lot of rain fall within yeah. um, a few hours, there's, like cities, the, if they don't have a lot of um, uh, very nicely designed tunnels to, mm -hmm. what do you call it, underground tunnels yeah. to... They, they, they actually um, drill these deep uh, caverns yeah. underneath cities now to, to allow the water to go into these and then more easily get soaked up by the the soil. And they do that in Beijing yeah, too Yeah, and I now. remember. I remember in uh, one city in China, they were experimenting with a new material to cover the ground in yeah, the city. Yeah, yeah. I watched. The, Did was, you watch the video of that? I don't remember, but they I took this like concept. this huge cement truck sized vehicle and dumped water w w through the concrete. So you're you're literally mm. watching from this camera and mm. they, they show like regular concrete and they dump water and it just goes every direction. And then they show right. the same thing where they just start dumping the water straight and it goes almost it's like it's going straight through the earth. It just goes straight mm. through the concrete and gets sucked up. It's amazing. Right. I mean, it's natural rainwater so that it goes back to the system. So this is the same thing in Berlin. Um, the, the surfaces uh, of concrete, they prevent water from going into the ground mm. and which make flooding more intense and dangerous. Mm. So it actually serves great purposes. Um, and that's why Berlin and other German cities, they're expanding their investments in nature. Good for you guys. Uh, TNC, which stands for the Nature Conservancy, uh, they're working with municipal leaders to reclaim and manage more green spaces specifically to help with climate adaptation. And I think it's really important for people to understand the purpose of this. It's not just mm. that, you know, the city looks prettier or you have a nice spot to read. for. Or your you have to break. run from the boars. <laughs> you know, run from the boars. But it, it, it makes sense in a scientific way, yeah. right? So that um, as a uh, ecosystem, with us being part of the ecosystem, mm. things can circulate a little better, mm. you know? Oh, yeah. You're listening to The Bridge. Mongolia. 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 Yay. So we're very close to Mongolia, actually. If we want, if mm. we got on a fast train, we'd probably be in Mongolia in a few hours. Forests are getting the most attention when it comes to natural climate solutions in Mongolia, and grasslands are just important with their dense root right. systems evolved mm. to withstand fire and herds of grazing animals. Grasslands lock away the carbon they absorb deep underground, making them incredibly resilient carbon sinks unfortunately carbon sink. yeah it's a term it doesn't mean like okay. a, a faucet sink unfortunately near of half of the world's grasslands have been lost the most intact remaining stretch of this habitat in mongolia where grasslands cover 80 percent of the country this huge wow. swath of plains is home to snow leopards 
antelopes and over 200,000 nomadic families. I was wondering, have you been to- Run, Jason, run! <laughs> Leopards well, are even boars. worse than boars. Oh yeah, you're right. Leopards are probably more dangerous. Uh, we have Inner Mongolia here in China. Have you been there? Uh, yes, actually. It's are, really it's grasslands? Um, dry. Is it grasslands? Not, not the grassland. I was only there for like a day. Hmm. and um, It's a they, huge they, like, place. It is. You, if you think Beijing is dry, try Inner Mongolia. Wow. <laughs> it was even drier. My nose like couldn't really take it. Um, <laughs> and I went to this uh, part of a desert that's called, I think it was called like the Ringing Desert or something. Like if you slide down the side of uh, a sand dune, mm-hmm. it's going to create ringing sounds. Wow. It didn't do it for me, but that's what it's known for. But huh. not the other parts of Inner Mongolia. But I know that a lot of people who love to drive, you know, on road trips, they love to go there, go to the grassland part of Mon- Inner mm, Mongolia. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, yeah, all the photos I've ever seen of Mongolia are primarily grasslands. So when you said you mm. went there and it's really dry, I guess... It's one of those huge provinces that's like stretching from east to west for like, I don't know, 2000 miles or something. So it's mm-hmm. it's hard to say anything about Mongolia or Inner Mongolia because it's not one tiny little place. It's not all right. the same. I mean, I went I went to a city. It was for like a major holiday. Mm-hmm. It was either the May holiday Did or like the October you? one. Uh, no, no, they uh, they are too scared of the city area. <laughs> Like that was like it was um this whole like a week long holiday thing Golden Week mm. and I couldn't get tickets to anywhere else and that was like the only spot available. Oh, that was not <laughs> so a good sell for Mongolia. I couldn't get tickets to <laughs> <laughs> Mongolia. I couldn't get tickets to anywhere no. else. <laughs> Maybe the the grassland parts were sold out and there was just like one city I could get ticket for one city. Goodness it was me. still fun though. Goodness. They had like good meat. <laughs> Where, you know, wherever whatever city I retire in, I'm gonna start an ad camp. Campaign. So I might re- retire in Wuhan. So I'm going to just re- re- have like an ad campaign. Wuhan. I couldn't get tickets to anywhere else. <laughs> it's the perfect ad. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're listening to The Bridge. We have a little bit of time left and we are in China. I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about some of the things we know about what's going on here. Well, you know what? Um, besides all the uh, information about news about new energy, mm-hmm. I was actually reading about lucid waters and lush mountains are invaluable assets. But it sounds kind of strange in English, but in Chinese, it's um, it, it sounds very natural. It's basically telling people that um, nature is our greatest treasure. These are actually our assets. These are not, um, you know, kind of. How does it translate into real world day to day practice, though? Well, in in like the villages and counties, let's say in one particular village, uh, shutting down of local mines and other like cement making factories Mm. and led them onto the path of green development, like actually looking for opportunities um, that suits the local area. Some some places uh, with their climate, they were suitable to growing tea. And then they would develop and invest in tea industry, right? Mm -hmm. And um, it was really poor back then, uh, like back in the 90s. And like lives were so hard that villagers were thinking about just cutting off the trees from the mountain. Like they Mm -hmm. had mountains and rivers, but they did not have money. So why don't we just like sell off the forest? And so that uh, we have we can have like cash right away. There's a kind of uh, scientist called an agronomist. 
and, or agronomist. Agro- hmm. agronomist. I'm not actually sure how to pronounce it, but David Ferguson introduced a uh, writer of 19 books. David Ferguson introduced me to the idea of these people and their job is mm. in China to go around to different places that nothing's currently growing and test the soil mm. and check the climate and determine what will, what will grow there. And then they mm. actually help people grow that there. So it serves two purposes of, you know, greening an area, but also providing economic wealth to, to an area. So he gave the example, example in um, right. uh, Gansu province where they started growing right. olives. So you wouldn't think oh, China is a place where right. olives grow, but actually they have hundreds of varieties of olives growing in Gansu now because mm. they determined, hey, this barren earth would be perfect for this olives. dry. Yeah. Right, dry exactly. and has a lot of sun. So it's about really devoting, studying the local conditions. I think this is one thing about poverty alleviation Actually, and also just development in general in China. I was going to talk really about what's really interesting about mm. these scientists that China has developed for decades is that they actually now, and for the last couple decades also, go to other countries. So these oh, scientists yes, they yes, go exactly. into Africa, they go into South America, they find the same thing, and they mm. offer this transfer of technology. They, they, they help them plant what will grow where nothing was growing, and they also transfer the technology. The <laughs> Maybe we have. But actually, I want to also talk about something else. I know you said we're not going to, but I want to. This is a new water photovoltaic uh, power generation facility in Fuyang, Anhui. There is a new video Hmm. that has gone viral in Trip in China, sharing travel. And you can see all they have this artificial lake that was caused by mining decades ago. And so it's Hmm. a a, a lake is there and they wanted to cover the lake to preserve the water and to beautify it at the same time. And so Uh you just see dozens and dozens of people all at the same time standing on the banks of this lake and they're just putting solar panels on these floating devices that are connected via like a a metal medium pushing them out onto the lake until the lake Mm. is literally completely 100% covered and Mm. it produces 650,000 kilowatts of electricity from this one new facility that they just put up in Fuyang Anhui. I I think I've seen this somewhere. I was so impressed. This is not the first one. This is just another one. And just like that, there was another one. Okay, a new one. Yeah. Okay, at the end of today's show, I just want to share one phrase in in Chinese, Mm. uh, which like every Chinese know. In Chinese, Mm -hmm. it goes, Mm -hmm. which means if you keep your mountains green, you will not have to worry about not having enough firewood. Mm. So, which means that you keep the, like the foundation of, or the roots of growth, right? Mm -hmm. Keep your mountains healthy, literally, and then you don't worry, you don't have to worry about not having resources in the future. Mm. If you cut down your mountains now, then I'm sorry, maybe you will be rich for a few months. Um, But the future generations and the later part of your life will not be covered. So I just want to share that with... Well, I want to share um, something with you. Okay. Happy Earth Day, baby. Happy Earth Day. Aw. Thank you, Jason. (laughs) And thank you, our listeners. Happy Earth Day to you all. Thank you. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.